All right, welcome everyone to the very first edition of the Balls and Beards podcast. Yeah. I'm here with my good friend Mikey. Hey, what's up, Chris? I'm Sports Guy Chris. We welcome you aboard. This is our first episode, and we are super excited to jump into it. Today, we are going to launch by talking about our two favorite NBA teams who just so happen to be making up a large part of the current NBA landscape. Mikey is a big Lakers fan, and me growing up in Wisconsin, of course, am a big Milwaukee Bucks fan. So we are happy to have you all with us today, and we are going to jump in and talk about our two teams as the NBA season is right around the corner already. Mikey, what are your first thoughts it's already been a very busy offseason the last couple weeks it's true we have your returning champion lakers coming back here here and they've obviously made some moves just like everybody else i'm gonna give the floor to you and let you jump in all right well thanks chris um i would say that uh first congratulations to the 2019-2020 Los Angeles Lakers for winning the NBA title. Cheers, cheers. Um, You know, that was no, you know, by no stretch was that an easy task playing in the bubble for, you know, several months. Um, That mentally took, had to have taken a lot out of them. I mean, it was just basketball, basketball, basketball. And I think that, you know, there's something to be said for that. Um, So that's first off. but jumping into this uh, shortened offseason that uh, they've experienced in a very shortened free agency period and, you know, starting tomorrow, December 1st, we're jumping right into media day and individual workouts and whatnot. Um, I like what the Lakers did, man. Um, I think that, you know, they they made some big moves. They didn't stand pat. Um, you know, Rob Palenka did an excellent, excellent job bringing in a new talent um, and talent that fits in with what we're trying to do. Um, I think that adding Dennis Schroeder to the guard core, um, younger version of a Rondo. I mean, he's a, he's a rangy guy that can, you know, get after you defensively, can pick you up 94 feet, um, can shoot the ball well. And he finished number two in, you know, um, six man of the year voting. Um, so, I think that that was a huge get for us and only 27 years old. So I think that that was an excellent move. Um, you know, I, I I also really, really like, um, you know, uh, the addition of Montrez Harrell. I think that, you know, picking him up, the reigning sixth man of the year, was also a huge get for us to poach him away from the Clippers. Um, I think that was big. Um, he's a guy that averaged 18 points, almost 19 points a game off the bench as a backup center. Um, seven rebounds. Um, he's an energy guy. He's a hustle guy. He, he's going to do a lot of dirty work. He's a better scorer than um, what we had in JaVale or Dwight Howard. Um, that's a big get for us. Uh, Marcus All, you know, welcome back to the Los Angeles Lakers, buddy. Um, you know, former second round pick. We traded you for your brother, and that worked out pretty well. But uh, welcome back, Mark, and um, huge for us. I mean, anchored that Toronto defense on a championship run, anchored that defense last year um, to, you know, running up to the Milwaukee Bucks for the number two record in the East. Um, But a great passer. I mean, I think he upgraded our center position from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, I think... If I'm being 100% honest, I think defensively we 
maybe slip just a bit. Um, I know he's an anchor of the defense and his IQ is off the charts, but part of our big shtick last year was rim protection. And going undersized with Harrell um, and going with a little bit slower guy in Marcus Gasol, I think might, you know, hinder that rim protection just a smidge. But we still have, you know, the unsigned Anthony Davis to, to protect the rim. Um, I think perimeter from the perimeter, we got better defensively. So I think that we'll still be an excellent defensive team. Um, and we'll, ju- we'll just play smarter. We might not be as athletic, but I think we'll play smarter. Um, you know, getting uh, Wes Matthews away from the Bucks, yeah, uh, stealing yeah. him away from you guys yeah. um, was, was a huge was a huge win on a on a cheap contract, one year, I think three point six million dollars. Um, you know, his dad played for the franchise. Um, you know, this gives him a really good opportunity to to contribute to a contender, and not that he didn't last year, but he played under that pressure in Milwaukee. Um, he's a good defender. He shot the ball well from the perimeter. Um, he's a, he's a pretty decent, I think he's an underrated slasher too. I think, I think his ability to get to the paint is kind of underrated. Um, and I, I think that that's an upgrade to be honest over a Danny green, yeah, um, I agree. you know, on a flyer contract like that. I think that, you know, that's pretty huge. Um, so yeah, all in all, I think, I, I think the Lakers, he did a phenomenal job re-upping their roster and putting talent and playmakers around LeBron and Anthony Davis I mean, Marcus All's passing is going to be huge for us. I, I think his ability to to get guys involved, his ability to shoot the three is going to open things up for Anthony Davis down low. Um, and I think that unlike with JaVale McGee and uh, Dwight Howard, Marcus All and Anthony Davis will be able to play well together down the stretch in close games. And Marcus All being able to shoot that perimeter is going to open up that post and open up around the rim for AD. And I'm sorry, there's not a whole lot of guys in the league that can contend with AD down low. So, nope. Um, you know, and they can swap. I mean, those guys can yep. swap. Marcus Gasol's yep. got good footwork around the rim as well offensively. So I think that those two will work very well together. And then, come on, you you got LeBron James. So of course, yeah. It's, it's yep. hard to uh, to bet against that, even at you know 3,600 years old. Um, <laughs> you know, it's hard to bet right. against that. So completely agree. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love what the Lakers did this offseason. The defending champs got better, in my opinion. When you can win a championship and then go out and add the two top bench scorers in the league to your roster for the next year, that's phenomenal. I thought you broke down the addition of Marcus Saul perfectly. Uh, I like that fit as well. Um, I agree with possibly you know the, the defensive aspects there, but... When you look at everything they did, I love the fact that the Lakers recognized, hey, we won a championship, but we also understand the West is a beast. It's going to be more difficult this year. Denver's right there. You look at some other teams, obviously the Warriors will be back. Even without Clay, they're going to be a better team and in the fold. And you just, we can go around the entire West and they got better. Phoenix, you got teams that are going to be coming up. So they identified that and said, hey, we, we were good, but we need to get better. And then you look at their additions, and I love it. And I completely agree about Wesley Matthews as well. That was a guy I would have loved to have back, but you know, kind of figured he was going to be leaving the Bucks. Uh, I that's a great fit and a great pickup, and I agree that he is an upgrade over Danny Green as well. So you start to look at it, and um, I love what they did. I think they've made themselves even better than they were last year going into this year. 
my opinion, they are definitely the favorite to win the Western Conference again. I, I would think they would be most experts pick at this point um, for sure. So absolutely, I, I completely agree with that, Mikey. Um, as for my Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. obviously they have had a little bit of a roller coaster go, of course, too. Uh, landing Drew Holiday, of course, was the big coup, the big celebration right away. Uh, botch sign and trade with uh, Bogdanovich, of course, was the other big headline. Yeah. Um, I am at least happy in regard that he is going to a team like the Hawks. Had he decided to skirt the Bucks for, say, another contender like I, anybody, um, you know, <laughs> any just about anybody else, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Hornets, even that Miami. would have been. Miami would have been uh, really, really, I think, uh, debilitating. But uh, for all of the the courting that the Antetokounmpo supposedly did behind the scenes to get him, um, he ended up going to Atlanta. And while they're an up-and-coming team, they're not, I, I think, a direct contender to Milwaukee quite yet at this point in time. So rounding out their roster, some of the moves they made after that fell through, I am happy about. I like Bryn Forbes. I like his shooting a lot. I like that he comes from San Antonio, a stable organization with a good coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Somebody, an organization that uh, Budenholzer is familiar with. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like them bringing him in a lot. I actually like the way they drafted. And, I mean, you can make the argument either one of the picks are going to have much of an impact this year. But if they do, uh, Jordan Norwa there from Louisville, a phenomenal shooter. Uh, great around the rim. I mean, he he was pretty much perfect. I was actually pretty excited he was there for Milwaukee to be able to take. And if he does have an opportunity to play, I think he can contribute right away. Similar to what DiVincenzo did in his first season. You know, not going to come out and, and score 15 points. Probably not going to get that much playing time. But a guy that if you need a few minutes can go out there and I think is experienced enough to step in and, and be able to play right away. Not a rookie you need to sit for a couple sure. years and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, one thing with the with the botch sign and trade, we do still have DiVincenzo under roster. You hope he can take a step forward. His numbers have kind of progressed a little bit. If his three-point shooting can take that next step and kind of get to that notch where he was at at Villanova, that would be a big step to helping out the Bucks as well. But you start to break it down. You start to take a look. Um, it gets pretty exciting to visualize Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday on the floor at the same time, along with Brooke Lopez as well, just stretching things out. And then take your pick of plugging in whichever shooter you want to plug in in that fifth spot. I like what they did. Um, I, would I have loved to have Bogdanovich? Of course. Um, but, you know, it. so it goes. Yeah. Uh, we will see what happens. You know, of course, we're all holding our breaths, hoping Giannis signs that extension. Uh, I read some reports this morning, although without much substance to the, to them, that supposedly he is close to signing his extension. So we will see if that actually happens. Um, I think it, you can at least make the argument the front office heard Giannis and went out and tried to make some moves to, you know, uh, get this thing going for next year. But I know Mike and I, you and I have talked about before, in addition to the roster build and all of those kind of things, let's be honest, Mike Boldenhoser needs to uh, have a good year and yes. he needs to be able to produce in the playoffs. Uh, I, you know, obviously he needs to be able to make some adjustments and all those kind of things. We've been there, Absolutely. best record two years in a row. 
um, only to kind of have some maybe more experienced and better coaches get us uh, with some adjustments and, and kind of slow Giannis and take away some of what the offense does. So overall, I'm, I'm happy. I still think Milwaukee is right there in terms of, of an overall contender and, and especially within the Eastern Conference. Uh, Mikey, what do you think about my Bucks and what they were able to do? <laughs> you know, um, I think that so much of, you know, um, so much is just dependent on Giannis signing that extension. You know, if I'm, being, if I'm being 100% honest, because, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, you're collectively holding your breath right now because, yep. you know, when you have teams like uh, Miami, for example, yes. that yes. made signings with the intent of keeping cap space for next season. Exactly. You yep. know, those are teams that could woo him away. And if he yep. doesn't sign that extension, um, you're you're dipping your, your toes in some seriously cold water there. And, you know, you're going to be, that's going to set you back. I agree. Um, yep. You know, because as good as Chris Middleton is, he is a, you know, he's very much firmly a, a number two option. He is not a number one option. And, you know, he might be able to, for a, at least a season, be a number one option, but he's not a star player. He's not going to put butts in seats. He's not going to sell too many jerseys outside of Milwaukee, whereas Giannis does. Um, you know, and then you have that international flair that he brings being from Greece. Very true. Yeah. So I think that, you know, those are, you know, some pretty, pretty major things. Um, you know, I think you do have some continuity, um, by not bringing in too many pieces, you're not, you don't have to worry about chemistry as much. I think that that's huge. And you're going to go as Giannis goes. Yep. Um, yep, totally agree. you know, and you know, I, I think, Robin losing Robin Lopez, you know, I mean, he's not a great rebounder. He's not, he doesn't do anything, but he does dirty work. You he know, does. And he, he, he did, does. he did play yep. well behind he his did. brother. Um, you know, and I, I think that that's something that will be missed on your roster. You know, unlike the Lakers who did phenomenal moves to try and improve their roster in an ever evolving Western conference. I don't know if I'm being 100% honest, I don't know if the Bucks did enough to maintain their top seeding in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, an injury, uh, uh, yep. you know, something that is not even injury related, but it could knock a player out for a good chunk of, uh, of time is COVID. Uh, yeah. You know, if, yeah, if someone tests positive or something like yep. that, they're down and they, they have to quarantine and who knows... You look at what's going on in other sports and the NFL and having to reschedule games and things of that nature. And if they're not doing a bubble this year, then that opens up the possibility for guys being lost due to quarantine and things of that nature. When you look at the way that Philadelphia and Miami um, have reloaded Boston, you know, yep. Tatum yep. signing, you know, the extension, Toronto. I don't think Toronto's there in the mix quite because they lost Serge. They lost, you know, Gasol. They I signed agree. Fred, you know, Van Vliet. But I don't know if they did enough to maintain that number two spot in the East. I agree. But I think Miami was a number five seed. Yeah. And yep. they now go into the confidence of the season knowing what they have in Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Knowing that what they have in Bam. Knowing what they have. Re-signing Goran. You know, they did a lot of things to improve that roster. Yeah, they lost Jay Crowder, but they did things to really set their sights on the top of the Eastern Conference. And I'm just saying that I think I think continuity said, says something. And I think by bringing in Drew Holiday, he's a plug-and-play player. He's not a guy that 
you're going to have to really run a lot of offense through. He's a point guard. He's a great defender. He's he's a huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe for you guys. Absolutely. Totally agree. 100%. Does he move that needle enough to stay atop the Eastern Conference? I think that's the biggest question uh, that I have about I, your Bucks. I think that's a very fair question. And, I, you know, I think you're right because you start to talk about, I mean, obviously in a team we haven't even touched on yet, the Nets, KD's going to yes. be back. They're going to be in the fold. I think you could you could go ahead and say, hey, maybe the Nets take the Raptors place at the top. Toronto will probably still Possibly. be a good team, good coach. But I agree with you. I think the losses uh, don't quite make up the sum that they've had over the last couple of years. So, uh, and, and I think if I'm to be completely honest as well, you have to kind of, you say, okay, we, we made some moves, but is it enough to really stay in that top spot? And I'll be completely honest, as a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I don't really care if we have the best record in the East yes. or the NBA again. Uh, quite frankly, um, give us the two seed or the three seed. I mean, look at Toronto. Toronto had the one. They were the top team in the East for a couple of years. They couldn't get over the hump. Uh, Milwaukee passes them two years ago. They're the two seed. They got over the hump. Of course, they had Kawhi Leonard. But I think some of that was not the that pressure of not being. We were the best team in, in the East right. again. We're supposed to be in the finals. Of course, you go to the bubble last year. Like you pointed out, Miami was a five mm-hmm. and, and came on. So... You know, Milwaukee's sitting there every year. They're the top seed and they have the best record in the league. The pressure is even more to be in the finals. You can get to the finals clearly from any seeding, you know, especially top four. But I wouldn't be heartbroken if we were the two or the three seed because right. I don't think it would will make that big of difference as long as you can still have that home court and you're a top four seed, you know, for, yeah. for the, the, those opening round series. Uh, that might lessen and take a little bit of the pressure off. We all know it's going to be finals or bust when you have Giannis. I mean, that's what the goal is, of course. So yeah. whether we're a three or a one or what have you, uh, put the pressure on another team. Yeah, I mean, if Philly is the one seed, they're really going to have the pressure on because we've yes. been, you know, let the system and let the rebuild, you know, do its thing for years. Uh, you know, there, the, there's some other teams that could have that pressure. Give it to them. Um, you know, that wouldn't be the worst thing in my opinion. Well, but I agree. You've got to think too, you know, like we like we had mentioned a little while ago, you know, Budenholz are coming from that San Antonio Spurs culture. How many championships did the Spurs win and they weren't a number one seed? A great point. I, I would say great that point. I think most of their championships they won, <laughs> they were not right. a number yeah, one seed. You're right. And yep. so, you know, maybe that would help him. Yeah. I still think as we've talked about, he's on that hot seat. I totally agree. You know, if you're yep. if you're the ownership group of, of the Milwaukee Bucks and you've got Giannis, you sign him to an extension, and yes, I agree with you. You know, don't shoot for that number one seed. You're going to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Exactly. But, you know, you he's on the hot seat regardless. I because totally agree. Because he yep. did not show enough, you know, um, he did not show enough versatility coaching. You know, he was... He was pretty adamant about his 35-minute cap, you know, for Chris Middleton and Giannis, regardless if it's an elimination game or not. He was he was sticking to that, and you know, I'm sorry to say, man, you're you're on an elimination game. You can you if you're not in foul trouble and you're not hurt and you don't have a broken leg, you're out there for 47 minutes, man. You're 46 minutes. You're out there. You got TV timeouts galore. You there is no excuse. There's no tomorrow. You know, and totally you, agree. Yeah, those are your two best players, and yep. you know, sitting them for over ten minutes in a game in the playoffs when your team goes with them, 
that's your engine and that's you know that hurts you and and that and that puts you your butt firmly in the hot seat totally, no no question about totally it. totally agree 110 percent. i mean you know to use a, an analogy from another sport it's it's like that manager that's saving the, the that one arm in the bullpen for a game seven that might not come because if they don't win game six they're eliminated from the postseason and it's like you it, that sense of urgency playing that's it you need to play your best players yeah. in the postseason and let I mean come on these guys had four months off it's not like they yeah. just ran through an entire I mean they were off for a long time they should have had plenty of juice in the tank to play 40 plus minutes if they needed to so absolutely um, I totally agree with you I think you made excellent points there so I've got a question for you then uh, and I want to get I get your answer on this so is Mike Bullenhoser kind of like what Mark Jackson was to the Warriors before Steve Kerr got there is he the guy that can get them almost there but then somebody else has to come in and tweak it to make it work or am I getting too far ahead of myself with that uh, no, you're not getting too far ahead of yourself with that. Um, this is 2020 after all. Um, no, I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, that's an excellent, uh, comparison. Um, my question though, is what coaching candidate is out there that's going to get you over that hump, right? I mean, Philadelphia is, has stayed with Brett Brown for years through the process. That's true. He got them yep. to a certain point. Now you bring in Doc Rivers, who did not have... He had success with the Clippers, but he never got to a conference finals. No. Never made it to an NBA finals, despite his pedigree. And I'm not trying to knock him as a coach, but, you know, he, like Budenholzer last year, showed a complete lack of creativity or willingness to bend his his, uh, rotations or anything based upon what the matchup was. And that bit him in the butt. Yep. To the tune of losing a 3-1 series that he could have easily won. Um, so I think that, you know, if you are the Bucks, is there a college coach out there, you know, that potentially could be waiting in the wings? Is there a coach that could get canned, that could come in with a new system, with, you know, something that could work to their advantage? Um, you know... Steve Kerr was kind of blessed with a perfect storm of a situation because that roster was pretty much there and he was able to just kind of come in kind of like what Phil Jackson did in 99-2000. You know, you've got Kobe, you've got Shaq. um, You come in and you had two of the best players in the NBA and you you take the the Lakers to a championship um, your first year. I don't know if that exists in this current NBA landscape. And, you know, you could go with a seasoned vet, but those Larry Browns, the Rudy T's, the, you know, Jerry Sloan's, the guys from our era, those those superstar coaches, <clears throat> they don't exist anymore. No, and you, you see a lot of guys like Lloyd Pierce down in Atlanta, Monty Williams in Phoenix, Mike Malone in Denver. Um, you know, you see these up and coming coaches and, you know, the sec- success that they're having, where does that exist? It might be on a bench somewhere. Do the Bucks maybe go follow the Spurs route? I mean, you know, Becky Harmon down there in San Antonio is just itching for a head coaching job. Yeah, and some true. people, su- you know, suspected she'd get a look this season. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately she did, she did not, you know, do the Bucks try and break some rules and, you know, break some some norms and, you know, go that route and try and say, you know what, we're going to flip the script. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes from a winning, fran- you know, winning organization, as did Budenholzer. 
Um, maybe she could be innovative. I don't know. I think that's my question is, is there a guy out there that can do that? And I think that's a great question. And, you know, I, I, I don't really know, right? I mean, I think that is a, is a good point. Right now, I don't see the guy, you know, I mean, there's a couple of coaches I really love, but you know, you're not gonna get Spolster out of Miami and you're not gonna get Nick Nurse out of uh, Toronto. I love those two guys, but um, so, and I do love, you know, Booty, being, being a little hard on him, but but it's, uh, I think, merited at this yes. point, so. When you've got the reigning MVP, two years yeah. running, yeah, you, you you can't you can't have a second round exit exactly. And not you know that can't be your ceiling. You know yep. what I mean? You, you you just can't. Totally agree. Uh, so I think you have a great question, and I'm not totally sure if I know who that guy is. You know, maybe somebody or girl. Or girl. Yeah, great. <laughs> no, great point. I mean, and maybe that person kind of emerges as the season goes on. You know, there always seems to be some kind of hot breakout candidate that comes. At least one coaching candidate usually that absolutely that gets kind of hot and. Uh, you know, breaks out. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but I agree with you, you know, uh, and I don't really have an answer. I'm not sure. There, there's not another person in mind right now. So uh, Booty, hopefully you can make the adjustments this year, bud, yeah. and uh, get us over the top. So we've uh, we've talked some Lakers. We've talked some Bucks. Yeah. The season is around the corner. Absolutely. Now I, I would like to hear... Who do you think has an opportunity this year to break out a couple of teams that you might have your eye on? It could be a team that breaks through into the playoffs that maybe nobody thinks, or it could be a team that's maybe been lingering and makes that next step to, you know, takes that next step to contender status, or maybe a couple teams of both. But I'd like to hear your thoughts right now. Regency's pretty well kind of dwindling down now. The draft's done. Who are a couple candidates that you see could could break out this year? Well, um, I think some of your, I think some of your watch out teams. I think some of your teams that you know a lot of people are going to probably put a wagon onto, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I think Atlanta's right there in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, I think that Trey Young. I mean, he's. I think he's a Steph Curry 2.0 kind of a player. Um, you know, he can shoot from distance. He can play maze great. Yeah. Um, I think the addition, you know, the Lakers losing Rondo to Atlanta, I think it was a huge get for Atlanta. I agree. Chris Dunn poaching him away from Chicago was also huge from yep. their defensive standpoint. But Rondo's ability to run an offense was proven, you know, in, in the finals last year. Yes. Um, yep. You know, he's still a, a, a very much a contributor to a team. Um, yep. And I think Rondo doesn't go to that squad unless he knows that they're, you know, Fighting for a playoff spot, yeah. not in contention, right? Yeah. And I think at that, I think Rondo has, has expressed interest in the past about coaching, and I think this is a good opportunity for him to do that. Um, you know, so I think what, and obviously, you know, Atlanta stealing Bogdanovich away from you guys, um, you know, was huge as well. That's going to be a good backcourt for them. Yeah, um, I and, agree. You know, Cam Reddish. Uh, you've got, you know, Clint Capella is going to finally suit up for center for them. Um, you know, they're going to do some good things in Atlanta. Um, you're right. I, I think, I think they will contend for the, uh, the playoffs in the East. Um, cause you have a lot of middling teams that I don't know, you know, an injury or something here, there, Orlando, um, you know, Indiana, yeah. you know, there's teams that I think are on the cusp. And so yeah. I think Atlanta could certainly capture some some lightning in a bottle that and and catch some piece some people off guard um you know especially if they improve defensively um in the western conference i think um 
you know, I think it's easy to say that the Phoenix Suns would be a team that would yes. make a leap into the playoffs yep. just because of the addition of Chris Paul. Um, you know, losing Chris Paul in OKC, uh, you know, the moves that they've made, that roster is virtually, you know, non-existent from last season. Hey, they've yep. had a complete totally overhaul. Yep. And they've got like 300 first-round draft picks from here until eternity. Um, but I, I think OKC falls out of the playoff picture. Phoenix could sneak in. The problem is, is that the West, I think, outside of Minnesota and Sacramento, the West is a beast. I totally There's agree. There's 13 strong yes. teams yeah. that make, you know, you've got the top, you've got the upper echelon, the Lakers, yep. the Clippers on paper, Denver, Utah, Dallas. You've got teams in the in the West that are going to beat each other up. It's going to be for that five, four to eight seed, I think, that's really going to be a dogfight. Um, and I think the Lakers agree. are going to, I don't think they're going to have an easy route to the number one seed. But, you know, and Phoenix, I think, is an easy pick to to sneak into the playoffs just because of the addition of Chris Paul. There's yep. some, adi- I think there's some questions defensively about that squad. They went 8-0 in the, in the bubble, lost the play-in game that could have got them to the playoffs. Can can you know uh, can Devin Booker cre- create that success that he had um, you know over seventy two games? I don't know. I, I I don't know. You know, having Chris Paul is going to help, um, but I don't know. Can Aiton stay healthy long enough to be a contributor? He's a Good definitely point. a guy yeah. that could be one of the Good best point. big men in the NBA. But can he can he stay healthy? Yep. Um, I think is a huge question. You know, getting Jay Crowder from Miami, who is a big-time contributor, good three-point shooter from the corners, um, you know, good dirty work kind of blue-collar type player, that's huge because that's going to enable that roster to be able to do, you know, things defensively and allow Monty Williams that, um, you know, that dirty type player. Losing Kelly Oubre was a pretty big loss for them, I think, because he was a good contributor to that roster last year. Um, Chris Paul has a tendency to rub people the wrong way. Yeah, and that's you've true. got a young roster. Yep. Is Chris Paul going to come into that locker room and just be like, "Yo, I'm Chris Paul"? Right. And you know right, what I mean? Yeah. Where you've got guys like Devin Booker that have been there for the for their yeah. entire careers. Right. Right. But I think the the thing is is that Monty Williams is one of the coaches that Chris Paul absolutely loves. So yeah, I true. think there's something to be said for that. Yep. But here's, here's the pick that I think is probably going to be a big surprise and a, a team that could possibly be a surprise, even if they are a playoff team and they've been a perennial playoff team, the Portland Trailblazers. All right. Okay. I'm going to yeah. go out there and say Portland. Okay. Um, they made really sneaky, good moves. Yep. Um, you're going to have Joseph Nurkic back. He's going to be healthy. Um, you went and traded back for Ennis Cantor, who was a good contributor to your team for a season. Um, you know, the Melo signings is what it is. I mean, the dude's, you know, 36 years old, but he plays more like he's 40. He's an ISO guy. He's a guy that, you know, he's not a guy that plays really well in the modern NBA. And, you know, we can talk about him at a later date. But um, trading with Houston for, uh, for uh, Robert Covington was huge for them. I mean, that's a guy that that played the three-four spot for Houston last year, you know, as in that small ball lineup, and did ridiculously well. 
He's a guy that can defend multiple positions. He can, you know, he can he can score from anywhere. He can slash to the basket. He can do a lot of good things for that Portland roster. And then going and getting Rodney Hood, I think, was also huge. You've got a lot of guys on that roster. If you include C.J. McCollum in that mix, you've got quite a few guys now on that Portland roster that defensively could make them a very dangerous team. I think the question is, is, and I was reading this earlier, Portland did not share the ball particularly well. Good point. And so that means Damian Lillard is going, it's going to be, their success this next season is going to be reliant on Dame Lillard taking a step as the point guard, as the lead guard to get those guys involved. Um, you know, Nurkic is a decent big man. He's, you know, maybe a poor man's uh, joker. Um, but he, you know, they need to share that ball and, and they need to take a page out of the Lakers raw, you know, the Lakers, um, blueprint, the Warriors blueprint, and they need to share that basketball. And, you know, you can't be reliant on, you know, game time every single game Great point. to bail you out. And, you know, see, that is one of the best backcourts in the NBA, no doubt about it. Um, but they need to share that ball. I think they were in the bottom percentile in terms of sharing the basketball. I think that's a great and, point. And, you know, Dame could be that much more effective if he's sharing the ball. And, and you know, agree. maybe he should watch some film of a Rip Hamilton or something yeah, coming yeah. off some screens and things like yep. that. But I think Portland could very easily scare people. And just, Stotts is a good coach. He's yes, a solid coach. I agree. He could be on that hot seat as well. Good point. Yeah. If they don't succeed. Yeah. But I think the moves that they made were incredibly sneaky. And I think yeah. that they were good moves. That they paid dividends for them. I think uh, that's a great point. And, you know, talk about a team like you just pointed out. Flying under the radar kind of the whole time with the moves that they made. Uh, I, I agree. I You know, Portland could have a breaking out here. Uh, and I do agree with you. I think it, it centralizes all on the ability to share the ball, play more as a team, and less one-on-one type of, uh, uh, of style of basketball would certainly suit them. And I, I completely agree about Phoenix. You know, you, you look at what they did this offseason, the way they finished in the bubble, as you pointed out. Um, and, you know, we see kind of, we'll see how Chris Paul kind of comes in and, and, you know, equates himself to that locker room and everything else. And as long as that's kind of a a seamless transition they could be really good you, you certainly don't want to come in and ruffle anything you know Devin Booker is is clearly a very young talented player there he's a guy that that makes it go and hopefully uh you know when Chris Ball comes in he can kind of uh understand that and it'll work I also agree about Atlanta I think Atlanta has a great chance of getting in uh their backcourt is going to be something else mm-hmm. you know uh as you pointed out uh, I will say this, and I I think Indiana is not going to be good. I think Indiana is going to be terrible. I think Indiana did a great job of showing how to screw up an offseason. If you're going to trade a star <laughs> player, you better trade him. Don't alienate him the whole time, especially if the guy wants to get traded. That being said, I know Oladipo is an Indiana guy. He he was you know Mr. Basketball, went, went and played for Indiana in college for the Hoosiers. All that being said... They didn't do anything to add to the roster of note. So you're sitting there with a team that was a playoff team with a star player that was injured, but now you're not really sure which direction are you going. And you look around the East, and I think there's too many other teams that got better while they just kind of stayed there. And now you might have a disgruntled superstar. So I'm not really sure there. Well, and then on top of that, to piggyback on that point about Indiana, 
you had the opportunity to make a trade for a guy that wanted to play in Indiana, yes. and Gordon Haywood. Yes. And you have you have a decision that you need to make there in Indiana. Are you going with Sabonis, who yes. played well, yep. or are you going to stick with Miles Turner? Because we know, yep. based upon the eye test last year, that those two can't play together yeah. on the floor at the Good same point. time. Yeah. And you gave Sabonis that extension. Miles yep. Turner's sitting there in a lame duck kind of a situation. Good point. And he played well in the playoffs last year. He, yep. he gave it all he had, shot well from deep. He's a center that would have fit perfectly in with what Boston wants to do. And he's young enough that he could fit in with that young core yep. of Tatum, of Brown, of yep. Kemba Walker, of Marcus Smart. And he could have made a, been a difference maker. I mean, a, mile, a trade for Miles Turner in Boston as much as it pains to say this as a Laker fan, you know, that could have propelled Boston to, you know, not necessarily top in the East, but certainly contending for top in the East. I agree. And, yeah. you know, both teams botched that. Danny Ainge botched that. Yep. Indiana botched that. You had yep. that opportunity and you let it slip. And, yep. you know, not to say that Gordon Haywood would have been that needle mover for Indiana the same way Miles Turner would have moved it for, you know, Boston, but... You had an opportunity to do something there in, in, in Indiana, and you didn't do anything. And like you said, Oladipo is now a disgruntled superstar yeah, that yep. you could use as trade bait. But you know, who's going to take him? No one. No one seemed to be really chomping at the bit to get yeah, him. That's it. And you've got now a season where he went through a fairly significant injury. Yep. So what kind of player are you getting? And you know. You got Justin Holiday there. You know, you got some decent pieces. You've got a rookie coach in there. Yep. Um, you know, who who knows what that's going to look like? Um, you know, so I, I I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Nice about yeah. Indiana. Um, and then you know, Boston is interesting from the standpoint of. It appeared they tried to move Kemba Walker a few times in the last couple weeks, in, including on draft night for a potential top five draft pick, which is a little surprising to me. Um, I don't know if that's enough to get him disgruntled or any of that kind of stuff, not to read into it too much, but it's interesting when that was the big pickup from last offseason. Mm -hmm. You just did a sign and trade, Gordon Hayward, he's gone. Um you know, so I, I'm not really sure what Boston was attempting to do. And and then, like you said, an opportunity possibly with Indiana to make a move and both sides seemingly dropped the ball there. So um, I, I, I don't know what to think of Boston at the moment. I just found that to be surprising that they yeah. were looking to move Kemba for a top five pick in a draft where, sorry, there's nothing that is, is your for sure all-star kind yeah, of caliber Yeah, it's not like player. they were looking for, they had yeah, a guy you know, that they had their eye on. Yeah, yeah, we know this guy's a guy. So that was a little surprising to me. Right, especially uh, too when he seemed to be such a huge upgrade from a chemistry standpoint yeah, over Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little surprising. So um, switching back, going back to the West, uh, maybe not really a breakout team because I feel like they, they broke out last year, but I really, really like the Dallas Mavericks. I think yeah. the Dallas Mavericks are going to be a very good team. I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to be a top three seed in the West. I think they're going to be right there. Top three. Huh? Top three seed. I like Dallas a lot. I think they're going to take the big step forward. I think they were a little bit ahead of schedule last year. Um, but I just love what Luke is doing. Uh, you know, Persingas, of course. Uh, but... I like the other guys that they have around that team. I like the guards that they have in place. I, I think that uh, 
you know, you've got potential. Trey Burke, Jalen Brunson, there's some guys that, that could break out a little bit more here as they get the opportunity to play a little more. Of course, you still have J.J. Barrera, who's been there forever. Uh, you got Tim Hardaway Jr., who is, who's played, I think, better since he's come to Dallas and has made some strides forward. But I just really like what that team was able to do last year, and I see them as being able to build off of that and take another step forward. Um, I mean... It, how good Luca has gotten in the last two years is just absolutely insane, and I think they are uh, they are on the cusp. I could see them shooting up into that top three or top four seed range in the West this year. Uh, I believe they were a seven this past uh, this past season, yeah, if I remember think, correctly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, th- that is my team to kind of really break through to that next echelon and i do agree with you i think okc just from a gutted roster standpoint is is probably the team that drops out of the playoffs in the west if you're going to pick one for sure um so that is my team to kind of make a, a little bit of a jump to that next level a awesome. little bit of a uh, dallas breakthrough so dallas is is my pick okay uh, good pick you know, we so we've covered some good things now. We, we've talked about who we think, you know, is going to break through this year. Some teams that might regress a little bit. We've assessed how the Lakers have done, how Milwaukee has done, what their prospects look like. You know, now we got the, the, the true, you know, fun part of it all or whatever, however you'd like to put it. But all right, Mikey, we, we've got to talk now. Yeah. It's 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 the season starts. Let's say tomorrow. Yeah. Who's in the finals? Who who do you take? Oh wow! All right, we're we're pretty, right right to there. We're, we're right to there. Straight, we're going right to the judge. And, and this can change. You know, yeah, we're absolutely. we're we're not even to the season yet. So this is just the first look. We've 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 assessed the off season, kind of the first quick snapshot before we start getting more into the uh, meat okay. potatoes of everything. Yeah. But off the cuff. Okay. Who would you pick? If we had to say, all right, right now, these are your teams, NBA Finals 2021. You know, um, trying to look at it as objectively as humanly possible, um, I think I think the Lakers have to be the favorites in the Western Conference. Yeah. I think the way that the I, Lakers I re-upped and, and reloaded, um, you know, they're, they're, one of the big things that we had going last year was chemistry. And that yep. was something that Frank Vogel stressed was that we were going to be, you know, a team first team. That was something that was quoted an awful lot on media day last year, not just by the coaching staff and, and Frank Vogel, but also the players as well as being a team first team. I think that that is going to, that mantra is going to continue. Um, it'll be interesting. I think I don't think that's going to be a problem for Marcus Gasol. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Wesley Matthews or Montrez Harrell. I think Dennis Schroeder might have the hardest time with that just because he is a guy that's used to having the ball in his hands and how him and Caruso, Caruso proved last year he can play off the ball with Rondo, but Caruso playing with LeBron James, we had one of the best lineups in the league with Caruso out there. So Chemistry-wise, I think that's something that I would look at. However, I think the Lakers have to be my top pick in the Western Conference. Um, the way the moves that yeah. they made, I think, only helps them. And another season of AD and LeBron playing together, I think, just the rest of the league should watch out. Um, in the Eastern Conference, I don't think it's as clear-cut. Um, you know, I think that there's a case to be made for several teams. Um, you know, your Bucks being one of them. Um, I think the Celtics. I think the Heat. 76ers and the Nets. I think all of those teams yeah, have yep. a little bit of a legitimate chance. I think 
if I had to narrow it down, I don't know what Doc Rivers is going to be able to do in Philly. Yeah. Um, I think no. there's too many question marks for me as a basketball fan surrounding Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons shooting, I mean, he's a great playmaker. Yeah. But he can't shoot the ball worth a damn. And, I you know, agree. yeah, you sur- you put in, you brought in shooters, you brought in um, Seth Curry, um, you know, who happens to be Doc Rivers' son-in-law. Uh, you bring in Danny Green, but as we all know, Danny Green didn't particularly perform well from a shooting no. standpoint last yeah. season with the Lakers, yeah. which is one of the reasons I think they moved on from him. Um, you know, so I think there's too many question marks. I think they could be there. Yeah. But I think, you know, kind of like with, to your point earlier, is there a Steve Kerr, is Doc Rivers a Steve Kerr type guy that could get the Philadelphia 76ers over that hump? His tenure with the Clippers says otherwise. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Nets, just running down, you know, the Nets, I think there's talents there. Yeah. The chemistry. Yeah. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, those guys, they played well last year, but they didn't have to play with KD. They didn't have That's to true. play with Kyrie for a That's large true. part of the season. Yeah. So yeah. you didn't have to incorporate two superstar players into what you were trying to do offensively and defensively. Um, how is that going to pan out? You have True. a rookie coach in Steve Nash who was a complete shock to the entire sports world yep. to be named the head coach of that roster. Yeah, great point. And yes, you have you have assembled a good coaching staff that includes Mike D'Antoni, his former coach in, Phil, in Phoenix. But you already have Kyrie saying that, like, you know, well, we don't have a head coach. Okay, great so point. that's not yep. setting you, yourself up for success going into it. Um, you know, is there going to be disgruntled players there? I think they're they're borderline to me. Yeah, I think it comes down to the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Miami Heat. To be honest, I agree. I think that there is a significant chance that we could very well see. No offense to your Bucks, I think we could see a Miami Lakers finals yeah. again next season. Yep. Eric Spolstra is one of the finest coaches that's out there. Yep. He proved it. The Heat. With Dragic, might have beat the Lakers. Yeah, the yeah. way that they were playing, yeah. he was averaging. Yeah, that's a great points. point. That's a great point. Yeah, he could have beat the Lakers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Bam was hurt. Yeah, that was another thing. Yeah, you Bam know, was hurt. We were yeah. playing without Bam, and they yeah. took us six games. Yeah, right. Good in the point. previous three series, we won those series in five games. Yep. Miami's the only team that took us to six games. Exactly. In the playoffs. Yeah. And I think Miami, they're a gritty team. They are. They are a team that knows they can play with anybody. Yep. They were two wins away from an NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a team that if I'm in the Eastern Conference. That's the that's the team. That's the yeah. team to beat. And they are the Eastern Conference champions. So yeah, they are. Absolutely. They're standing atop that yep. heat there in the Eastern Conference. That's my pick to to come out of the East this early. Thanks yep. for hitting that. Uh, <laughs> who's your what about you? What, well, what you I think? I agree in the West with the Lakers. I think you look at it and I mean, I like I mentioned earlier, I love what they did this offseason. There there's nothing that happened in the Western Conference that would make one think, "Hey, I, the Lakers are going to get dethroned." So Right now, I would say absolutely, it's the Lakers out of the West to be the favorites once again. And I agree with you in the East. I, you know, I like the Nets a lot, but, um, you know, the thing is, 
like you pointed out, it's a new it's a new rookie coach. We've already got a superstar in the team with Kyrie. We're not, you know, not totally sure about that. You're bringing in Mike D'Antoni as well. So, you know, they're going to do a different system there. And it, you got the chemistry issues. So yeah. I think the Nets could be really good. It depends. But this is going to be like that trial and error season where they see how everything fits. Yeah. Okay, can Nash be the coach? Can all of our superstars now plug in with the phenomenal role players that we've had over the last two years, kind of even overperforming. So will that all mesh? I, we'll find out, I guess. So yeah. I, I'm with you there. Philly, Philly at this point, it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. So yeah. once you actually win playoff series and beat teams you're supposed to beat in the playoffs, fine. But right now there's nothing to suggest that it's going to be them. So I actually agree with you. I think it's Milwaukee. I think it's Boston. And I think it's Miami. Right now, as much as I would love to say it's going to be Milwaukee, <laughs> I, I lean toward Miami as well. Um, and again, Boston is interesting just from the standpoint of I feel like they should be right there, but how will it impact them moving on from Gordon Hayward and then at least floating Kemba Walker out there? I think Kemba is the kind of player it's not going to let you know let that affect him too much. Yeah. Um, but I will say this: if my opinion might change if Giannis signs the extension, because then all of a sudden I think everybody takes a deep collective breath within the organization, the new players you brought onto the roster. Uh, Giannis himself and Booty, the coach, everybody can kind of just take that deep breath and say, okay, he's going to be here for another couple years or whatever mm -hmm. the scenario is. Uh, now let's get to work. Um, so that might change it. But right now, I mean, I've got to, I've got to go and, and be, you know, as honest and arbitrary as I can. And, and I would peg the heat as well. I will say this. I think Miami benefited from uh just a, everything uh, unfolded great for them they were healthy going into the playoffs and they were healthy until the finals yeah. obviously you made great points about the guys they were missing but uh you can go through the eastern conference and and each team did have uh, some guys banged up here or there had some different issues going on you know miami was you know kind of almost the perfect storm for them to to roll through the playoffs not taking anything away from them sure. uh, what they accomplished was phenomenal and yeah, like yeah. you pointed out they were two wins away from a championship and a really good looking team so Miami would be the team right now that I would pick but we'll see if Giannis does in fact you know sign on the dotted line that might change my perspective a little bit before the season starts we'll see what happens uh but I agree with you I think it's going to be Milwaukee Boston Miami at the top of the east anyway one of those three teams I think is going to come out and uh, I, I think it's going to be the Lakers again in the West for yeah. sure. Um, Mikey, I think this has been a great opening episode. Absolutely. We've covered a lot of things. Yes, NBA season is around the corner. Yeah. Amen. And we will be back again very soon with our next episode. We are going to cover some NFL topics as well. We will run through how the playoffs are starting to look we're getting closer there as well including you know mikey's cardinals are breaking out my packers are coming off a nice thumping of the bears last Come night on, always great Come great on. things there so uh i'm sports guy chris signing off mikey this is uh have a good one yes and we thank you all and we will look forward to our next stop with y'all have a great day, everybody. The Balls and Beards podcast, episode one. In the book. Signing off. Book it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Nice, brother. Mm -hmm.